Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One One Podcast. I'm your host Eddie V. We're at the Chocolate Thunder, of course. Joining me is the Red Nordic himself, Big Papa, Mister Larry Giver. Why can't you be Australian? Then you could be Chocolate Thunder from Down Under. I don't know, mate. No, I can't do. I think you do Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, mate, but I can't do it, mate. Oh, uh, now, go put a shrimp on the Barbie and get back when you get it right, damn it. Uh, now I just need to watch Crocodile Dundee and just see how terrible <laughs> that movie was when with him being in L.A. <laughs> but everybody, it is E3. Yay! Um, it's a week where things happen and stuff is talked about. Yes, there was a lot that was announced and showed. Um there's the PC gaming conference, which none of us seen because it was that boring. So we're not going to cover that at all. What we are going to cover is EA, Bethesda, Microsoft, Ubisoft, and Sony. Um, we are going to tell, talk a little bit about the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the trailer that they showed. Um, uh, and plus, Nintendo do have more to show. Um, so at the time of this recording, when you hear it, there'll be a lot of information out that's not in this episode. Um, we might even touch on a little bit of the meeples that they showed today and announced uh, that people kind of went crazy over. And they look really, really nice. Oh, no, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but we're going to start with EA. And uh, EA's presentation uh, was hosted by Andrew Wilson and Peter Moore in London. So they kind of split it uh, in two ways, uh, with Andrew Wilson being in L.A. and Peter Moore being in London. Um, and just to let everybody know, this is uh, the day after the Orlando shooting at the uh, that Pulse Club where uh, they say 49 people died. And 53 people were injured. So throughout uh, the ED, um, E3 conference, I think Mark, I think uh, EA might have been late um, because I know at the time they were they were doing getting ready for their conference rehearsal, so they probably didn't have time to put on a, a rainbow ribbon. <coughs> but everybody, pretty much from uh, Bethesda, even Nintendo, they all had a con. Uh, they all had a ribbon, and they also, you know, was uh, saying, uh, sending their sincere, you know, love and um, support throughout the conference. So you'll... not only that, but uh, Reggie was saying too that uh, Christina Grimey, I think her name is, uh, the one that was shot before and killed before the nightclub shooting, yeah. uh, was supposed to be a guest at Nintendo's E3 booth this year too. Oh yeah, he did mention that. <laughs> um, so. And I kind of do like uh, like the fact that they actually took a moment of silence for it, and they uh, faded out and like just let it be black um, before they even got into the Zelda trailer. So, um, but we just uh, wanted to announce that before anyone you know asks or anything. Um, and if you're in Florida and you have been affected by this, uh, we here at World One One send our love and support and our thoughts. 
Um, so if you hear this uh, episode, uh, we send our love and thoughts and prayers and everything else. Um, you're awesome. Um, to those uh, families and friends who've been affected, um, stay strong. I, 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 you know, we really can't. We're so far away. That's not much that we could do. But uh, which, but yeah. So hopefully this episode makes you happy, makes you laugh, because there's going to be some jokes. There's going to be some cringe-worthy things that we're going to be talking about. But it's going to be it's all fun, because it's E3, and E3 makes people happy and confused at certain times. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but let's get into EA. So the first video they showed was Titanfall Two. They brought out Vince Zampella, uh, Zampella who is the CEO of Respawn Entertainment. Um, they talked about single player. The release date is October twenty eighth for PS four, Xbox One, and PC. And you can sign up at Titanfall dot com to get ready for the beta. Um, thoughts, Larry. Uh couple mixed things my first thought being how much i just don't care because i didn't care about the first titanfall because it was all multiplayer and i don't do a lot of online multiplayer especially shooters i just don't it's not a thing for me but the other thing that struck me is really you're gonna start your story with the second game that's gonna drive my ocd fucking nuts if i ever decide to get into this uh-huh. it's gonna drive me up a wall because the beginning of the story is not the beginning of the series it's the second in the series but it's the first of the story and i'm like the fuck is this shit <laughs> and not only that I, I just get the the terrible terrible gut feeling that really the story is just not that well thought out i i can only fathom that they went oh Let's put in a story because uh, people said that they wanted it, but we really just want to make another Titanfall game with lots of multiplayer. I can only fathom that it's going to feel really tacked on. I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm not, but mm-hmm. that's what my gut tells me on uh, on Titanfall 2. I, I know I put this on Twitter that I, it feels like this is the American Gundam game that I think they're trying to make that people want. Cause Probably. Never, yeah, because that steel battalion, uh, or steel battalion that was garbage when that came out. Um, and the re- you shut the hell up. Steel battalion was fucking awesome. Uh, first not one, for the connect, not the connect. No, not, I'm talking about the like the the 32 button controller, three pedal, you know, setup on the original Xbox. That shit was cool. Well. Times have changed. We don't talk about Connect Steel Battalion. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it looks it looks good. I'm interested. Uh, yeah, I it, it is on my list to uh, for a game to get. But I'm definitely gonna wait for the reviews for this one. Um, after they showed Titanfall 2, um, Peter Moore came out and talked about Madden 17. And then they started talking about esports and the Champion Series. And that's when I pretty much tuned out. I was just like, oh, nope, not for me. Whenever Peter Moore shows up anymore, I just want to ask him, like, how's that Halo tattoo treating you? Is that still a thing for you? How's Did that you remove that? Do you still have it? How's that Grand Theft Auto uh, Five? Uh, no, Grand Theft Auto Four tattoo doing? Yeah, that too. I just I want to know. You know, you notice he never shows up in short sleeves, so nobody can ask him to pull his sleeve up. Exactly. But, 
Yeah, I, I will say I was a little um, thrown at the uh, the esports competition thing, uh-huh. but I think maybe more of Microsoft's presentation on their tournament thing threw me. But we'll get to that. It just seemed to me that like neither of them really wanted to touch on Madden. Like they wanted to make a big drive for FIFA, and I get it. FIFA is a global thing, but really e3 you're presenting stateside you want to get people fucking fired up and you're talking about you know sports games then why are you not talking about madden that's like the big driver that and you know nba but you know it's like fifa uh, i you know globally i get it it's like the big money maker globally but stateside and it's growing stateside i won't knock it but I don't know, honestly, that EA's really got the market on it stateside. I think Konami does, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, uh, P- uh, PS. Yeah. 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 You know? I, they did. That was at uh, E3 um, this year, but I didn't haven't seen any seen anything else about it. So um, yeah. that might be the only Konami game that's going to be on console. For well, all I know, uh, yeah, but the everybody was kind of complaining about the esports thing, and they was just like all the cheaters that's on the game. Like what the what they show just felt so weird and kind of out of place. And I get what they're trying to do, you know, put a million dollars on the line. Um, you know, they're gonna try to make it big for next year, um, mm-hmm. and get in that arena. But it, it's Madden, uh, and I wasn't just i wasn't wild by it i'm just like well i'm checking out let me see what's on something else to do yeah i mean i I give credit for trying you know sony for uh, a lot of years whenever uh, mlb the show comes out they've got like a big uh contest for like the first you know 90 days or whatever it is the game's out that they run and it's usually actually a pretty neat contest i remember a number of years where it was pretty good Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know, it's I give them props for at least trying. I wanted my triple play baseball. That's what I wanted. Yeah, but I didn't. Anybody know what the hell happened to NCAA? Are they, are they just giving up on that for football? Yeah, I know they, there was one. Yeah, they stopped it like because of that lawsuit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. So well, that's no more. Uh, moving on for that, they teased us with Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, Aaron Flynn, who's the general manager of Bioware, came to talk about the game, and they pretty much didn't show anything spectacular or anything new. We were, I was just like, uh, "What was that?" I'm going to sound entirely pig-headed here, and I, I recognize that I am, at least when it comes to Mass Effect. I don't care, and I'm going to tell you why I don't care. I tried the first Mass Effect. I played it for about an hour and a half, two hours. I gave it a solid go just from the start. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my theory is that a game should be able to grab me within like the first two hours. If not, you're doing it wrong and I don't want to play you. But I, I played it for, you know, the, that, that first hour and a half, two hours. And man, I could not get into it. The controls fucking killed me. It just felt all wrong. And everybody I've talked to is like, no, dude, you got to try the second one. It's way better. It's way better. It's like, I don't want to jump into the second one if I haven't played the fucking first one. Yeah. So at that point, I just managed to write off the whole series and go, fuck it, don't care. Well, it's not bad. The first one feels like a beta test game. Like like the whole game was still in beta. <laughs> um, 
Number two, they kind of, you know, they, they improved upon that. And then three, they like, they really do do a good job in three. Like all three games are really good. I know one is just like really sluggish, like very beta. Um, but this Mass Effect Andromeda, I'm interested. Um, they didn't give no date or any more information. That trailer was like, pretty did pretty much didn't do anything for anyone like it didn't even give me hype i was just like come on y'all did this last year where y'all didn't show nothing that talked about the game i want a level i don't care if it's, it's a cg treader that you know like everybody else was doing um just show me something in the game that's worth wanting me to get hyped for and i'm just i know not. what you mean it, it, I watched that video and it felt more like a developer diary video than really anything showcasing the game itself. Oh, where it's there's like, there's a game that we're gonna. I mean, there's a series that we're gonna talk within this press conference that deals majorly with that. But it's just you know that video felt more like a developer diary, like it was talking about you know with the, the designers and you know the artists working on it, and you know they're all like, we're making this enormous universe. And it's big and expansive. Like, I, that's not what I came to E3 to fucking hear about. You know, I want you to talk to me. Show me a trailer for the game that tells me something about it. Not that you're making a big, pretty universe. That tells me nothing. Right. And then we get into FIFA 17. Um, I guess, I, I first I thought it was called FIFA 17 The Journey. Because now FIFA has a story mode. And you play as the main character, Alex Hunter. Um, the guy who who acts like him came on. And for some unknown reason, he sounded like he was doing a poetry slam kind of monologue. God, and I was just yeah. like, um, wait, what? Um, then... Peter Moore talked about managers and people were booing them until this one man came out. Jose Marino, he steps out. I don't know who he was, but uh, I, they really pushed FIFA 17. I think they're going to do that also for esports, but they was really trying to push it and hype it, and I kind of spent a lot of time on it, and I was just I, I, I'm, I was confused and not entertained by any of it. I'm just like, uh, what the world is this? Yeah, EA's gotten really bad at trying to like pimp out their sports games at their their press conferences over the last few. Like they they have this thing where they feel compelled to put in a story mode now for all their fucking sports games. You know, like they were doing that for NCAA, you know, years mm-hmm. ago, and they started that with fucking like NBA and NFL and all of that, and it's like. We have to put in a story mode where you can have a career and a camp. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure most of the people that picked this up just wanted to play the game. You know, it just, I, I don't see it going over well. But again, I'm not the target demographic on that. I will openly and freely admit that fact. I don't do sports games. But from my outside looking in opinion, it just seems like, why? Stop funneling your dev efforts into that and put it into, you know, uh, the the mechanics of the game itself. Don't force this story mode thing. They're not even forcing it on you, but they're putting it in there and going, we spent lots of time on this, but you probably won't care. So, 
Yeah, pretty much. And I was just like, okay. And they and they kind of talked about the game as uh, running on Frostbite engine. And pretty much everything that they're doing for their games is going to be running on that one engine, on Frostbite engine. And I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that does nothing for me. I mean, there are some people who are hype, hyped about it, but um, yeah. I, I think the presentation was just done poorly. Just like, uh, let's just move on. And then EA Original, they talked about uh, Unravel. Um, they didn't talk about the sequel. They just, you know, used Unravel as an example. And they introduced the game uh, Faye, uh, Patrick Soderlund. He was the EVP of EA Studios. He introduced Klaus Lingarit, uh from Zoink Games in Gothenburg, Sweden, where he came out and talked about Faye, uh, or Fee. Um, and the way I'm that sorry, he- I thought it was called Fee, but... It's, it's probably fee. I, I'm I, Faye. I was. I'm thinking of a music term, but fee. Yeah, it's called fee. Um, and you and if you kind of notice the e is small, they can't make it capital because of Fire Emblem. No, well, they could, but I, I will say I think fee was probably the one thing out of the EA show that really kind of perked my interest. Yeah, it's like ooh, it's kind of like cute and prettyish, and. Uh, I kind of want to play it. I'm like, oh, he, he's adorable, and it's got like music and foresty communicationy thing. I'm like, hmm, I want more of this. Show me more. I, I will be watching that. It, that has definitely got my attention. It reminds me of Ori in the Blind Forest of got stuck in Metro Prime Two Dark World. Hmm. Like, if you look at the color palette of it being purple, black, and blue with some little orange to represent, like, fire or enemies, you will see the color palette and be like, goodness, this does look like uh, Metroid Prime. Like, the character the character. Looks I didn't like. get so much of that, but I think some of that has to do with the fact it has a lot more, like, that cel-shaded kind of flat look to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, that's what really staved it off from looking like that to me, but... I, it definitely has those darker intonations to it, you know, but it's not so much, you know, purple for the sake of purple times. It was more like, you know, here is because it's actually nighttime in the forest kind of thing. And it, it looked right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely on my top list. Like, that's the one game I, I definitely took away from uh, EA's conference that I want. Um, and that, that I want and I'll support. Um the next game they showed after that, or announcement, I should say, was Star Wars, um, the, their universe. Uh, Jay Raymond, who's the general manager at Moda Studios, uh, talked about the game, how DICE and her company, Motive, uh, Respawn, Visceral, uh, Bioware, Capital Games, um, are all work, working on Star Wars games for this, um, for uh, EA, and that Ooh, sorry about that. Dice and Motive, they're working on Battlefront content for 2017. Um, and for some unknown reason, this felt like a DVD behind the scenes commentary kind of thrown together. Like, they didn't really show anything. So, uh, me not being a big Star Wars fan, I, I, I kind of just like, I should play a drink again right now or something because this is just too, this is nothing. No, I, I agree with you. It, it really did look like a, you know, a making of special that you find on a DVD extra somewhere. But you know, not not that it was poorly put together, but they really didn't show much of anything at all. And you're you're right. You know, 
my my other complaint is, you know, we're going to be adding all this stuff to, to Star Wars Battlefront, and I'm just like, why wasn't it there to start with? Because it felt a little um, anemic when it came out last year. Right. And you I'm, know? I know Amy Hennig, or the one lady who left um, Naughty Dog, I feel like she's going to turn one of the Star Wars games into Uncharted. I, and I, I'm i just like, oh, no, this is not going to be good at all. <laughs> I mean, people will buy yeah. into it, but I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. It could be if it's done right. There's... It's gonna be. Long- I can kind of picture it in my head. It's gonna be longer than what it what it needs to be. Like it's gonna be like okay, you could have took these levels out the game and ended this game, but you just dragged it out for no apparent reason. That's how I feel like it's gonna be. Yeah. But we'll I see when it comes around. I don't know nothing because you just had developers talking about the game, so you didn't show anything. So moving on to. Yeah. Their final game was Battlefield 1, and Patrick Bartbach, who's the general manager at DICE, came out to talk about this game. Uh, he showed the trailer and then cut it off, did some talking, and then showed the same trailer again with more footage. And this was the stupidest question out of all of E3. Did you all see the Battlefield trailer that came out last week? No. If you haven't been following um, the internet uh, for video game news. Um, Battlefield kind of got about, what, two or three million views, and you know, Call of Duty Infinite Space got, like, uh, a lot of down views. Like, people didn't really down like votes, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People, if you reported that, you know, our show, our showing of this trailer was very successful and you're EA and you did this, uh, you did this news story way before EA, I mean, before this E3 uh, conference, why would you ask a stupid question like that? We all knew, we all seen it. Like you didn't, they really didn't show nothing new or surprising. Um, like whatever they show is what the trailer they use kind of for E3. Um, yeah, they talked about the destruction and how weather plays into the level. Talked about vehicles. Jamie Foxx and Zac Efron was there for no real reason. They talked about sixty-four uh, player battle. Um, it's coming out for Xbox One, PS4, PC. The usuals. October twenty-first worldwide. Um, it it. I don't know. I I gave up on the whole EA conference. I just was so done with it. I will say this for the Battlefield 1 thing. Uh, just, you know, yay for let's do World War 1 again. Everything, you know, everything after that felt a little burned out, save for maybe Vietnam. There's really only been a couple of games ballsy enough to touch on that. But, you know, so much of, you know, any historical shooter, which there hasn't been a lot of in the last uh, five, six, seven years, really, um, you know, but so many of them were just like going for World War Two as the default because everyone likes killing a Nazi. But you know, uh, no, everything else just kind of got left behind, especially World War One. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of really rich material for you to explore there, and not to sound like I'm making light of World War One, right. but you know, it just it, it strikes me that nobody ever really got into that, you know 
in, at all in the last 15, 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know, it's been so minimal. But in any case, that's that's my weird thing. I'm kind of shocked they didn't show NHL 17 or an NBA Live 17. Like, they didn't, those are other two sports games they did not talk about. In fact, they didn't even talk yeah. about a golf game. Yeah. It's like, you guys have a, a, a annual stable of these franchises, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm very shocked that they didn't talk about that. You know, like, there could have... They could have at least, you know, thrown together a sizzle reel and talked about EA, you know, for EA Sports. And it's like, you know, Madden and NFL and NHL and NBA, you know, and run through the sizzle reel. But the only sports game they talked about was FIFA. And Madden. That was the only two they introduced. Like, oh, even UFC didn't even make an appearance. What the heck was that all about? Just like... uh, Is the UFC thing really doing anything for them? Like, who's... Buying that. I mean, people. Some people brought it, but they. Just, uh, yeah, they. No one. Uh, yeah, it, it. It was a weird conference. Um, what would you give it, Larry? Uh, mediocre at best. Okay. I mean, like I said, really, the only thing that grabbed me and made me go "ooh, pretty" was fee. You know, other than that, I was like, oh. oh another thing i don't care about you know it, it makes me mourn for the the days when it, you know ea had a, a great roster coming you know and they were really p- pushing new ies or uh, ips you know yeah. i i honestly my favorite year for ea was the year that we got dead space mirror's edge and uh oh damn it what's the other one army of two you know all in one run all in the same year from EA. Right. That was the year that it was like, you know, EA's fucking on it. Cool as shit. You know, and it just doesn't feel like EA's really pushing for the new IPs anymore. You know, even uh, not talking about uh, Mirror's Edge at all either. You know, yeah, how, how. Because it, it came out already. I know it's out, but it, it didn't feel like they really trumpeted it mm-hmm. when it came out. It's like this would have been a great opportunity to just, you know, give it a little bitty bump again and, you know, say, and hey, you know, you all were waiting for this. It's out now. Check it out. Here's Mirror's Edge. Or even say, hey, we're running a sale on it on EA Origin. You know, something to bump it. Because it didn't feel like it got much when it came out. It was very unceremonious, it felt like. And they really didn't talk about no DLC for this conference, which was the first. And they kept, uh, yeah, and they kept it under an hour. I was just like, oh, okay. Which they actually, uh, to note, all five conferences that they showed was really under an hour, which yeah. is good. Uh, for me, I give it a C minus. Um, I thought Titanfall two and Fee was their like best strong titles, and everything else just fell from the wayside. I was just like, well, I could eat a hamburger from McDonald's or something and be sad more satisfied. Like, at one point, I was ready to kill on my Nintendo, uh, Wii U, or my 3DS, anything Nintendo-related, and just start playing that because I was kind of done and over with EA. But, yeah, I feel like a C-minus was good enough. I mean, they kept, yeah. it under, they kept it under an hour. They had some entertaining stuff. They would have showed more, like, game trailer um, instead of like developer behind the scene talk, I think it would have been a good conference. But other than that, it was just uh, just bland. It was just like, oh, 
last year I got the Smash tournament and I got the Ryu review even with the leak and that broke the internet. Heck, I got mother's mother uh beginners or like mother one. Earth Brown beginners mm-hmm. like Sunday for E three was popping last year, even with Podesta's first showing. It it was oh, a yeah. pretty good E three. This one was just like, oh that's not a good speaking way to start of, off. Yeah, speaking of Bethesda's first showing, let's talk about another thing that was just underwhelming. It was fucking Bethesda's show. Oh my god, so bored. Well, this is the thing with Bethesda, and we're going to get, and that is our next uh, conference we're going to talk about. Bethesda felt like this is the PC gaming show, but we want to hide it with some consoles uh, news just in case people get, you know, questionable about it so it doesn't bore players and stuff. Um, the first thing they started off was Quake Challenge. Um, they did a, a, a CG trailer of it, uh, just to, you know, and some voiceover, kind of trying to, trying to announce that Quake is back, um, back to its tournament style, and it's only for PC. Um, I, and then they said they was going to talk more about the game for Quake Con in August. Um, I just don't give a care. I tried to play Quake on PS2, and it was one of the most boring games I ever played. Well, PS2 isn't really a a great way or place to play Quake. And again, speaking as somebody that's not big on multiplayer shooters, especially online, you know, I I, I won't knock Quake by any stretch. You know, Quake was a, a definitive trendsetter mm-hmm. uh, when it when it comes to that genre. And uh, you know, it's 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 not that it's a terrible game. I mean, I've had a little bit of fun playing it with a few people that I know, but you know, jumping on and getting really competitive with it, I can't do. I just I, I I can't, but you know, I can certainly look at it and go, ah, they, they're doing some things and it's kind of cool, and you know, at least give them credit where credits due because you know that's that's a series that mm-hmm. you know, considering there is no single player, you have to innovate your multiplayer every single time while still staying somewhat true to the the original source, you know, and striking that balance is not easy. I, I can't imagine that being easy at all. So all credit to them for managing to do that, you know, to be able to come out every so often and really keep it fresh but uh-huh. not deviate too far from, uh, you know, from the source. Well, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, I mean, Elder Scrolls Legend, um, what's the next game that they announced? And when I seen that trailer, I was just like, I want to scream Yu-Gi-Oh right now. Uh, it's time to duel, um, which is a strategy card based game, and I was just like, "What the world is this?" And they talk all about that, and I was just like, "Let me move on." I don't know. It looked okay. Um, it certainly wasn't the worst thing that I've seen all week. Um, I do think that we are really going to hit a point of oversaturation of. Uh, card games going on you know we've got hearthstone which really kind of jump-started the whole thing of recent mm-hmm. um you know on top of that the the elder scrolls one and now i i really think that honestly it's going to get outdone when gwent comes out you know as its own standalone game that's that's a big fucking thing but we'll get into that later yeah. but I, I really think that this is gonna 
have a hard time carving out enough of the of a piece of the market to really justify its existence. I I think it's bad timing, and I don't know if they knew that Gwent was coming or not, but I, I can only imagine either A, if they knew it was coming, uh, whoever was in charge was an idiot for trying to push this any further. If they didn't know Gwent was coming, you know, my condolences to them, because Gwent's just going to tank this thing, because as much as... You know, The Witcher 3 did phenomenally. Yes. You know, when it came out last year, one of the biggest things to come out of that was that little card game buried in there that everyone went nuts for. And now having it on tap, on demand, it's going to be even more so. And it's just going to bury everything else. I think Hearthstone will stay alive because Hearthstone has figured out how to start doing seasons and cycles and you know expansion packs and all of that and they've they've learned how to do it very competently mostly pretty organically um and I, i'm impressed that they didn't take direct cues from magic the gathering there are some things where you're like i can see the resemblance but it's not an exact copy so cool right so yeah i yeah i didn't care about it 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 Yes, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's pretty much all. Um, moving on from that, they gave uh, Fallout 4 updates. Um, they're introducing <laughs> contraptions next that's week. That's not an update. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, they're treating it as an update. Well, they're bringing contraptions. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> they're bringing contraptions next week. They show the trailer about that. Uh, Fallout Shelter Quest and PC versions is coming out in July. And Nuka World is in August of this year. I believe that's the next uh, season pass DLC for the game. Um, after that, uh, they talked about Skyrim Remastered, which I really don't care. Um, any thoughts about that? Uh, I mean, they, they upped the graphics and added mods. That was pretty much it. They they got it about half right. My I'm so exhausted with remasters and HD updates and everything. it's like oh my god, seriously, it was fine the first time. Just let me enjoy the experience as it was and remember it fondly. You know, it just from a couple years ago to now, I just it's too soon. You know, it's one thing when Nintendo does it because they pulled out, you know, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and that was from, what, how many fucking years ago? 15? Yeah. Something like that in the wheelhouse? You know, a decade and a half. That's a sufficient amount of time that something might merit an update. But let's look at where the technology is now versus when Skyrim first came out. Yeah, it's an improvement. Is there enough of an improvement to justify me spending another $60? Fuck no. No. Well, for PlayStation Stop owners... Stop encouraging this behavior. I mean, for PlayStation owners, it's a good deal because they didn't get half of the content that came out for the 360. And they had so many bugs and problems that they had to work on. They, they kind of let the PlayStation 3 version to die. It's, it's, it's no, Bayonetta 1 all over again. Yeah. That being said, the one thing that I, I do think uh, they, they really that is good about this is that, you know, you'll be able to play the mods on console. It's high time. And it's been high time that things like, uh, you know, mod content gets 
to make its way freely onto console editions mm-hmm. instead of being relegated strictly to PC stuff. You know, there, there's a lot of really cool shit that people are doing out there on PC, and I think it's brilliant to finally be able to, you know, make a mod on PC, put it out there, but be able to share that with the console audience because they want to play it. You know, and as a, and I'm going to make a big generalization here, and you can probably kick me in the face if I'm wrong, and I might be, but I'm going to say it anyways. My my impression is this, you know, the the people playing on PC. Get it on PC for a couple reasons. One, because, you know, they're PC nuts and that's what they do. But two, that they like to dig more into their game and make those mods and create shit than those of us on console. I buy a game on console, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to map make and, you know, mod and I just, I, I want to play my game. Right. You know, that's That's what I want to do. Now, that being said, if somebody's willing to make more content and put it out there and, you know, and by way of mods, I would love to have access to that. But I don't want to play it on a PC. I don't like the, the PC setup. It's, it's not that I have anything against it. It's just not my personal preference. I like to plunk down with a controller in my hand. And just because I make that decision doesn't mean I should be excluded from a fuck ton of user-generated content. You know, just because y'all can't get your shit together, or more specifically, I, I assume, especially on the Xbox side, that it has to do with, you know, Microsoft um, and their obscene, uh, their formerly obscene, I think it's lightened up a lot in the last few years, you know, uh, methods of going through for, you know, updates and whatnot and patches for stuff coming through on Xbox Live. Lord only knows, because I, I can think of a few games that you know, patches and updates and DLCs took for fucking ever just because Microsoft was holding it up with their policies. But, you know, it it sounds like Microsoft is looking to let up on that a lot, too. Um, But we'll get into that when we get into their conference because they're doing a a smart thing. Uh, Which we'll talk about. Um, uh, Prey is coming out next year. And only thing... That's bullshit! Only only thing I gotta say, I think this is a horrible idea. I I think it's probably one of the worst games, uh, worst ideas of E3. Why? Prey? Bullshit. Yeah. Why would you want to reboot a game that only got one? Like, it only got one game. Okay, yeah, it didn't. Exactly. It probably it had its problems, and it it sold whatever it sold. But I'm like, if you're gonna say this is a, a psychological thriller, and then you show it, and then it's just like, oh, we're starting all over again. I mean, you can't start all over again um, when you haven't even did a sequel. Like, Prey hasn't even been out for that long. Prey came out like in um, 2006. So it's only been, yeah, it's only been 10 years, but I'm just, but you didn't do nothing. You didn't make a sequel within those 10 years. You didn't make Here's no DLC my... or anything. I mean, so I just, I literally was just like, I, I actually told people that I'm lost. I don't know what this is. I don't know why they call it prey, but this is stupid. I'm with you because that, what they showed like, before they put up the title card, I'm like, 
I, I can only imagine that the title card is going to pop up and it's going to say fucking Groundhog's Day. You know, that's what it looks like from the, the first like 60 seconds of that trailer. But then they put up prey. I'm like, this has to be just like a new series. And somebody wants you to forget that someone already had a game called prey 10 years ago. Cause I played prey and for the record. I liked prey, but I'm watching this. I'm like, how does this have anything to do with that? I couldn't draw a connection. If you gave me a, a paper and a marker, I couldn't do it. I was just like, how does this relate to that? Because there is exactly zero anything in common from what I'm seeing here. Because they whitewashed This looks like character. a new series. Like, okay, the main character in Prey was a Native American. So now you whitewash him with some experiment white dude? Like, really? This is like they tried to take Prey, white, the original, whitewash it, and then mix it in with a little bit of Portal. Just because they exactly. know that Portal yes. fell. It didn't feel like prey at all. I I I I I was completely lost. I mean, Just Dance Seventeen, where we get to Ubisoft, may had a weird introduction, but Prey Prey just takes the I think worst showcase, and it just takes the worst game of E three for me. It is stupid. The presentation was dumb. I I don't know why they whitewashed the main character. It, it it's garbage <laughs> to me. I'm uh, um, I'm off board. Like I was all excited to hear that you know, prey might be coming back, and I'm like, cool, I'm down with that. And then I saw it. I'm like, no, never mind. You can keep it. So they talked more about Doom, um, and Doom Snap Mac is getting free updates. And if anyone who owns a Xbox One, PS4, and I believe a PC, you can try the first level of Doom if you haven't purchased the game, um, which is kind of interesting. I'm not going to download it because I said I was going to buy the game. Um, but th- that's pretty much all it was. Yeah, I mean, you know, again... It was a smart thing for them to talk about it. They touched on it a little. They didn't drag it out. You know, they said, hey, this is a thing. We just put it out. You know, for those of you that haven't, you know, we want, it, we want you guys to be able to sample it a little bit. So here you go. Here's a free snippet. And then they said, for those of you that have gotten into it, uh, we're making some improvements. Here's what you can expect in the very near future. And then moved on. And it's, that's a really smart thing to do for anybody at E3 that's got a game that just came out. Right. Touch on it. Just touch on it. Give it like 60 to 120 seconds, no more, no less, and move on. And that's, that's a smart thing to do. And that's what it's EA a great way to get a with, bump uh, for your sales. Yeah, and that's what EA could have did with Mirror's Edge. That's all we was asking for. Exactly. That would have been a smart thing for them to do, but eh, what are you going to do? After that, they introduced Elder Scroll Online, and the guy Matt for uh, for War, who's the game director, came out, and I don't know who was in the crowd, like in the front. I'm thinking it's developers, um, and we'll probably address this at the end. But they was rooting and hollering, and just like yeah, and someone said thank you. I was just like, uh, huh? Um, they introduced Dark Brotherhood and One Tomorrow, um, that which is it opens the entire game uh, after the tutorial and it's coming this fall. Um, he talked about seven million players are on the game, which is pretty much PC players, because I don't know anybody who bought it on console. 
I think uh, I, I don't know anybody that bought it on console either. I, I know a few people that were interested, but never got that far. But I will say I, I think what they showed, and again, speaking of someone that doesn't do a whole lot of online multiplayer, and that mm-hmm. includes MMOs, because I get sucked into them horribly, and I learned my lesson between uh, Maple Story and Fantasy Star Online, Episode 1 and 2 on GameCube back in the day. Um, but in any case, I... I, I thought it was interesting, you know, kind of listening for, again, you know, as outside looking in, going, oh, that's neat, you know, where they're making it so that you can, they're, they're changing the way that missions and, you know, level caps work and all that, or yeah. level requirements work, so that you can kind of jump in with your friends, you know, no matter where you're at versus where they're at, and, you know, it, it, I was like, good for them. You know, that's that's a really good way to be able to make it easier for new people to continue to come into your game. Because at this point, it's been out long enough that if anyone's picking it up, they're buying it because their friend has it and they want to play with their friend. Um, so. Yeah. And then they brought up Bethesda VR, which they have at the show. They talked about Doom and Fallout 4 VR is coming to the HCC Vive in 2017. Um, and any thoughts? Because I can move on from that. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, just don't care. Uh, I'm surprised that, you know, they're talking about the HTC Vive is their, you know, go-to choice for VR rather than uh, either Oculus or PlayStation VR. Those two seem like they're going to be the the big box names that are really competing for dominance and I, I don't know if one or both will survive but um, I'm getting a weird feeling that the HTC Vive or Vive or whatever it was is going to be left as the outlayer in the the upcoming VR platform war. I, I can't even call it a console. No, you know, maybe it's just up yeah, that, that sounds about right. But, you know, I'm just, I'm curious to see how this all shakes out. Well, we'll see. Um, and they ended the conf- their conference with Dishonored 2. They showed a trailer, uh, talked about the gameplay, and showed some of the features and some of the levels that and the things that you'll do. Um, you could play as the protagonist from the first game or the queen's daughter that got kidnapped in the first game you can play as her um they show mostly her gameplay style than anything else um dishonored 2 i would i took away that that's probably my must play or like the title on my list that i would say that i would get out of the whole but there's the conference i mean doom is doom is another one but you know i had already planned on getting doom i'm just waiting for you know for me to get done with other games before i get it yeah, I, I'm gonna freely admit I need to play the first Dishonored. It looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really have time and access to it when it came out. But I remember looking at it going, "That looks neat," and I would probably enjoy that. But I'm busy with other shit right now, and I just never went back to pick it up, and play it. But when I saw the second one, looked intriguing. Like I, I sat there and I watched it and thought I would probably enjoy playing this, uh, but. You know, I, I don't want to jump into that second one without having even touched the first. So I'll probably find the first one in a you know a five dollar bin somewhere at a used store and pick it up at some point and play it. But yeah, so there's that. 
So I I gave the Bethesda conference a B minus. Um Dishonored two uh looks good. Um that was like kind of on my list. Um it wasn't boring as EA, so that's why I kinda of rated it a little bit higher. Um you know, they had some people who were passionate about their games that came up and introduced them. Like it flowed very well, but um, Prey is Prey really hurt it in my opinion. Um, Quake Challenge, I didn't care. And much of Fallout and uh, uh, Fallout and um, Elder Scrolls, I just didn't care neither. Uh, but B minus, I feel like that was fitting. I think it wasn't bad. Uh, it had its pros and cons definitively. The pros, like you said, is that the presentation flowed well. They had, you know, confident people up on stage. So, that, But I, I think the problem was is that they were trying to over-present what they actually had. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the biggest perpetrator of this is the, the Fallout, you know, content coming out. They're like, we got big things coming for Fallout. Here's some workshop packs that you probably don't care about. Like, this is not exciting. You know, they, they did have a couple things, you know, the where, you know, the, the announcement is an upgrade to, a, you know, a, an existing game was good, like the, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online thing. But, you know, to me, the remaster for Elder Scrolls or for Skyrim was kind of like meh, but, you know. I, I can see where you're coming from, so I'll, I'll qualify that as a mixed bag. I hadn't really thought about it that way until now, but, um, you know, I'm still of the mindset that, you know, the the HD remaster thing, not just them, but so many that have happened in the last five, six years just didn't need to. Right. But in any, you know, ugh, Another me- mediocre from you? Yeah. Yeah. For different reasons, but yes, you know, the the flow in the presentation was good. The product that they were presenting was less than impressive for me. So we're going to move on to day two, which is uh, they opened the show up with Microsoft. Um, and Microsoft showed off the Xbox Slim, even though it got leaked. Um, they're talking about all the features that's in it. Um, that is 40% smaller than a regular one. It's white. Uh, the new controller, uh, two terabyte, it goes up to two terabyte. Um, it, it seems now that there's like four different versions of them. So it, there is a 500 uh, gigabyte, and then the last, the like elite one is kind of the two terabyte one. Um, it's coming out as 299, and then I, I believe 499 is the two terabyte one. Um, and I believe it's supposed to be coming out in August. Um, I already own the Xbox One, so I really don't care. Um, it looks nice. Um, they also got a feature where you could custom make your controller, um, which goes around for 80 to 90 bucks. So, uh, if having your own color scheme is that important to you, more power to you. It's nifty, but I think it costs you that much. Where the gifts but, of uh, the gifts of war four controller that they also introduced uh, in the conference, the elite controller is two hundred dollars. Yeah, about that. No. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I will say, you know, it's 
it's not a bad price point. You know, the the smaller it's it's sizably smaller than the the first round of Xbox Ones that came out. Um, the the integrated power supply is not a bad thing. You know, it's yes. it's always nice when that's built into the system instead of having a brick attached to a cord that you could use as a fucking murder weapon. Here's looking at you, Xbox 360. Um, the Xbox One have it too, so don't worry. Oh, dude, I remember when the 360 came out. I was working in the video game store, and we unplugged it. And that was the first thing we all thought when we saw that cord. It's like, murder weapon. So murder weapon. But, you know, yeah, it's it's nice. I, I was appreciative of that when uh, I, I always appreciate that it helps declutter things behind my entertainment stand um that being said you know it looks pretty it doesn't look overwhelming you know smaller is nicer plays better with things on my stand and limited shelf space and all that but um i will say too you know yay for improved range on the controller but i'm sitting here thinking who's having problems with that like seriously how far away from the TV are you fucking sitting that that's a problem? Right. I, I don't get it. You know, back in the day when when you were corded and that you got eight feet of cord and, you know, maybe that worked for you. Maybe it didn't, depending on your living room. But, you know, now with the Bluetooth uh, controllers, man, it's, the, the range on those things is pretty damn good. Why? Why was this a thing? I mean, if it, sure it's there and it's not a, no extra charge to you, just like who complained about that? That that had to be a footnote, I, but who knows? That's weird to me. Uh, so, so the first, yeah, the first game they introduced was Gears of War Four, which is coming out October eleventh. Um, really good presentation. I do like it. Uh, I still need to beat two and three, but it's on my top list of games to get. Like. I'm going to get Gears of War 4. Um, I spoke to uh, Deuce from Johnny and Deuce, uh, happy, uh, the Happy Hour Happy Albert podcast with Johnny and Deuce. I spoke to him be like, we're doing Gears of War 4 uh, this year. And I, and I also told my friend, I'm like, yeah, we're doing Gears 4 this year because it looks good. I will say I'm not into the Gear series, but... Watching the presentation, it looks sharp. So that it wasn't a bad unveil. It looks pretty. It's still not my thing, but I can appreciate it. I'll put it like that. I'm not knocking it by any stretch. Um, it, it certainly seems uh, a, a long ways from the you know the the heyday of Gears of War of like one and two, and you know. Rah, bolt, space marine, blah, blah, blah. You know, it looks like they've put some actual decent thought into the characters, and, you know, maybe there's a, a good story in there somewhere that, you know, I might care about, but I probably won't play it. It's just not my thing, but I can at least appreciate it. Right. Um, after that, Killer Instinct uh, follow, uh, they're bringing General Ram, uh into the series uh and this week you could play it for free um uh june 13th to june 20th that's what they had on their screen um moving on from that because i don't know if you got anything to say about killer instinct it, it was just um, more uh, character reveal 
I will say that I know some people that are really going to enjoy it. I enjoy actually watching the uh, the tournaments for Killer Instinct. Yeah, you know when I catch too. them here and there. I I'm no good at it, but I like watching it played at a, a very highly competitive level. It's cool to watch that shit, you know. And I I oh what was it? A couple months ago, earlier this year, whatever it was. Um, you know, I, I got myself hooked on watching a, a good mess of Killer Instinct tournament stuff that was really fun, and I was just like, wow, that's, that's impressive, you know, it's good shit. So, I'd be curious to see, you know, what, what happens with some of the new characters in the new season of Killer Instinct, and, uh, you know, see who rises to the top, and, uh, you know, see what it does for the competitive scene. I think it's a great way to actually keep that competitive scene fresh too. You know, that's, that's a brilliant way to do that, you know, in seasons and uh, to constantly have that rotation of characters. So, and I do want to mention that, um, uh, they are, Microsoft is doing cross play. Um, but, and what that, what their version is, is that if you buy the digital game on either windows 10 or Xbox one, you could play on either system, and they'll pick off where you left off. So, or you could play other players who own the game. Like, so if you're playing on Xbox One and they're playing on Windows 10, um, you could play against them. Now, it's only the digital version. It's not the physical copy. It has to be the digital version. So, um, like, once you buy that copy, you can play it on both uh, systems or both platforms, I should say. I will say I think that's the first argument that I've really heard for buying a full game, you know, that's a, that I can have a physical copy of. That's the first argument that I've heard for buying the digital version instead that really made sense to me. You know, that's that's not a that's a fucking smart move. It really is. It's like, you know, we're not going to charge any less because it's digital, but at least, you know, if you've got both of these platforms and you move between the two of them, mm-hmm. which I, I suspect a fair pe- a fair amount of people do, that's a really smart thing. It does make me wonder how long until the they make it so that the PC disc works in an Xbox One or vice versa. Uh, you know, they've, they've got this platform. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could pull it off somehow. You know, but at least good for them. They they figured out how to break the wall down, you know, uh, as far as making me want a digital copy of something that I could have bought a physical copy of. Well, it's because those games are going under your Xbox, Xbox Live account. Um, mm-hmm. since, it's, uh, since it's shared between the two systems, or two platforms, I should say, um, physical wouldn't be needed so you wouldn't have to buy two physical copies like you wouldn't have to buy it for right sorry about that uh you wouldn't have to buy it for pc and then go to another store to buy um the console version and they just figured like if you if you pay the 60 bucks or whatever you could put it on both systems and i think they're doing it now for all their games that they're releasing um because forza horizon 3 yeah. which comes out separate 20 september 27th i think that that might be that or record might be the first one um but forza horizon 3 looks beautiful it's taking place in australia um and i think this is going to be the first forza game that i get into it looks really really good 
it does look very pretty, and uh, it, when it comes to racing games, I like the arcadey racers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're gonna think me stupid for it, but I actually really enjoy you know some of the old ridge racers. Yeah, you know, I just I want to pick a car, pick a track, and go fast. Right. You know, Forza to me has always kind of been the the Microsoft equivalent or answer to you know Gran Turismo, which is very detailed in-depth racing simulator instead it's it's not my cup of tea um i will say i think there there may be a forza game in the near future making its way into my household my wife was watching it too and she's like that looks pretty neat i said well you know i'll I'll, i could probably find you know one of the 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 first forza horizon for you at least you know for a couple bucks in the in the used game store i'll pick it up and you know you can dink around with it if you like it you know we'll go from there but at least give her something to you know chew around with. But she saw it and she was interested. You know, she's like, "That looks like fun." You know, and it's it's a weird thing. You know, my wife likes video games. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm into, she likes, but she likes watching me play them rather than playing them herself. Right. But you know, so for her to say, "I want to play that," uh, it really does speak to it. So. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It looks it looks beautiful. I like how they're changing the game, uh, changing all the cars that you could use or vehicles, I should say, that you could use in the game. So it looks fun. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, Record comes out September 13th. That's the game. oh my god, Record. <laughs> that's the it game. Looks that's so good. <laughs> that's with uh, the X Retro Studio and Kenji and the Fune. Um, this trailer that they show introduced the characters and what each of them could do. It, it looks a hit. It looks, it, I would say it looks like a Capcom Mega Man game in a way, the feel of it. Um, but it's the one game that it feels like Kenji Inafune's thought of Japanese game design and those X Retro guys just work so well together to get it down packed to deliver experience that might be one of the funnest uh indie games uh that comes out um i it's a definitely a one one day download for me like i i definitely have to have this game i was glad to see that it's dated and it's coming out this year for one um two and uh, riddle me this and i i could just be because of the way that i watched the conference um did they have an actual gameplay demo at all of Recore, or did they just show the trailer? They just showed because the trailer. I was, okay, because yeah. I was watching it, you know, on YouTube. I didn't catch the live stream, and like right after the trailer, there was a commercial on YouTube, and then I suddenly I was into Final Fantasy 15, going, "The fuck's going on?" Because this yeah. doesn't look like Recore. And so I, I somehow missed, like, the introduction into Final Fantasy Fifteen. not that I cared. I was just really hoping that I was going to see some gameplay on ReCore. Um, they but, do, it, it does have gameplay. Um, they'll introduce the character, and they'll show what that character could do, like the fighting and the jumping and how some of the levels look and how you fight the enemies and stuff. Um, more specifically, I was hoping to see, like, a, a that was one where I did want to see a live demo. Like a live demo, yeah. Yeah. Um, which happened for you know what a lot of the uh, indie demo indie games that they had for it they did not show like demos for it. Um, maybe besides we have, uh, we have not we have concerns. Uh, that's a podcast. Um, we happy people. Um, they had some kind of mm. gameplay, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, Final Fantasy fifteen looks impressive. That frame rate 
that frame rate looks terrible. I don't know what the I don't know if it's the stream or what, but it looks horrible on Xbox One and on PS4. That frame rate for Final Fantasy 15 at some of the parts, I was just like, "Ooh, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look like what your square presentation was for this game." So I'm kind of concerned, but you know, it's a game that I'm going to get on both systems. But I got very worried, and I'm just like, "This doesn't look right with this frame rate. Like it drops like big time. Like slow down. It's in, and I'm like, ooh." You know, I, that didn't even, you know, register for me. All I could think was watching that going, man, what happened to turn-based Final Fantasy? Like, you know, I'm just like, I, I remember Final Fantasy seven VII and eight, and those were big games, but mm-hmm. it was turn-based, and you could, you know, the, these were games where you could kind of sit back and relax and, Play them, but they still felt grand and epic and intense all at the same time. You know, there, there's I still have some appreciation for the concept of turn-based, where I, you know I, I can, dear God, here's here this will speak to it exactly. This yes. was one of them. Um, back on the PlayStation One, and you know, back in the heyday of third-party controllers, you know, where it wasn't just. The third-party controller was the junky one, uh-huh. but third-party controllers would, like, do neat gimmicky shit. And one of the ones that came out was a one-handed RPG controller for the PlayStation 1. Like, it had the D-pad in the middle and the the X and the circle button, um, you know, on the top. And it was ambidextrous, too. And your triangle and your square button were, uh, you know, located on the bottom by your... Uh, your index finger within easy reach, like triggers, basically. Yes. You know, and everything else was kind of laid out, like the the L1 and the R1 and the L2 and the R2 were laid out. You know, and the start and select were kind of in a, a set of rows, you know, underneath the D-pad. And it was really cool. And I was like, you know, that was back in the day when I was really sitting back and enjoying turn-based RPG still because I could totally just lay in bed and be really a, a super lazy asshole play this game one-handed because it, it wasn't a big action driven but the story was sweeping enough and you know there were there were fights and battles that i still felt you know intensely engaged in without it being an action rpg you know i'm like why suddenly is it so bad to have a turn-based rpg on a console when when did that become fucking taboo i think once RPGs became more movie experience uh, in the in the CG CG traders. It it turned. That's that's me just reminiscing at this point. But you know that that was the thought that went through my head when I saw that. You know, not it, it is pretty, and you know, it, uh, just I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, stick in the mud. There, there you go. That, that's what I thought about when I saw that trailer. That and wishing that they hadn't have skipped over and you know had it actually given me a live demo of Recore instead right after. But <laughs> right, damn it, I want more Recore. So and then they showed Battlefield One, EA Assets, and all that stuff. So we're going to skip that one because we already talked about it. Um, Xbox Live features they mentioned uh, uh, about having your club being able to find people easier. 
Um, those features. I think clubs is funny because clubs, I think, is taking a direct cue from what Nintendo has done with their uh, with the Mi Plaza and all that on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's funny. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, and they they may have aped it, but truthfully, they might actually end up and probably will end up doing it better. But you know, I just thought, eh, <laughs> I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> um, they did mention tournaments that you could set up and be able to compete with friends and stuff. Um, but that was just they had like three features and then they moved on. Um, Minecraft was next. Uh, they talked about updates and what they're bringing on the tablets and everything first, and then co- next year they'll do consoles. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that because I normally I don't. I, it's Minecraft. Um. I do think that it's – I think their end goal is ambitious, and I respect it, is that they want all the different platforms of Minecraft to be able to play with each other. Right. I think that's cool. I really do. You know, I, I think what they've got going is a good start. It's not super ambitious what they have going as the first update, but again, you know, when you're trying to tackle a problem that big, start with the easy thing so you feel like you've accomplished something. You know, they're, they're unifying, uh, you know, what? Two platforms that are under, already under the Microsoft heading, you know, Windows and Xbox, and then dragging in Android and uh, on the iPad side of things as well. Right. And so that's that's not a bad achievement, but it's not a big one. You know, when Minecraft on my Xbox One or my Xbox 360 plays with Minecraft on the the PS4 and Minecraft on the Wii U, and you know we're all playing on different systems, but we're all playing together. Then I'll sound the trumpets. Well, they uh, Microsoft did offer that, so we shall see sometime in the future. Um, inside was their second indie game that they show. Um, they didn't show no gameplay. They just did different shots. I believe it's June 28th. I believe it's this month that it's coming out, like at the end of the month. Um, it's from the creators of Limbo. Um, and it does look good. Um, we'll find out more, maybe. It's an automatic buy just because the, the fine Limbo folks made it. Yeah, because Limbo is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up Inside because it looks more... The the story for Inside looks more interesting. I'm not saying that Limbo doesn't look interesting because Limbo looks pretty good. Um, but I think Inside looks more a little bit more detailed. Um, Did you never play Limbo? No, I haven't. Really? Yes. Oh. And isn't it? I think it's on Wii U. No, it's it's it was uh, 360 uh, Live Arcade only. Okay, because I know it's on Xbox One. Yeah, they they just so yeah. Get your hands on Limbo, dude. Seriously. Okay. Uh, go get your hands on Limbo. It's it's very muted and creepy and. But I love the I love the monochrome art style to it. It looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like they, oh, they yes, did a yes. good job. I, I like that. They did. There's there's a lot of trial and error in it, but it's enjoyable. And for as much as it's really black and white and gray. It's very graphically violent, or not not even violent so much as um, messed up. So, 
surprisingly, so. yeah, surprisingly, we got to the halfway point of the conference, and they bought ID at Xbox. Um, they they did their little montage. Um, so they showed Cuphead, Outlast Two. Fuck yes. Uh, Cuphead looks beautiful, like wonderful. Like they're actually adding levels to that game, and not just boss fights. So um, that one Cuphead is, coming, is so sexy. I want to put my dick in it. It's coming out this fall. They didn't give a date, but they uh, said this fall. Um, Outlast Two, uh, Deliver Us the Moon, Flint Hook, Far, Slime Pincher, Shadow Tactics, Figment, The Culling, For the King, Beacon. Stardew Valley, which is going to be huge for Xbox. I, when they showed that, I'm like, oh, that's huge for Xbox One. Like, really mm-hmm. good that Microsoft snagged that. Um, Hand of Fate 2, Below, Raiders, Bloodstain, Ukulele, and Everspace. So they did a montage, uh, montage of it, so you can see how those games look uh, if you watch the conference. Of course, the Cuphead, for me, is the top one. Uh, Bloodstain and Ukulele. Um, Stardew Valley, I probably will play on Xbox One. It, I'm hearing good things for it. Um, but there was a lot of good st- indie stuff that they had for oh, yeah. um, for uh, ID at Xbox. I'm, I'm really yeah, interested. It's- I really enjoy seeing Microsoft push themselves on the the indie side of things, the arcade kind of side of things. Yes, you know, honestly, that's that's why I got a that's why I got a 360 all them years ago. It wasn't for any big AAA title. I bought my 360 so I could play Castle Crashers. I bought a two hundred dollar system so I could play a fifteen dollar game, and I never looked back. And honestly, I've probably spent way more money on live arcade games, you know, little five, ten, fifteen dollar games than I ever did on the the big budget stuff, right. you know, because those were the ones that were super exciting to me, you know, stuff like Explosion Man and uh, and insanely twisted Shadow Planet, which I've been playing this week, and maybe we'll get around to that, but um, you know, things like that. I just I I fell in love with those little experiences. You know, they had so much more love and heart and expression to them right. than the big box games did. And what's funny is that you did that for on Xbox 360. It's kind of the same thing that I did on Wii. I mean, yes, I have Virtual Console, but I'm like, I brought us a lot of the WiiWare games on. I mean, my Wii library was already packed full with great games. Oh, but yeah. I'm like, but Contra Rebirth, oh my goodness, that game is it's ridiculously fun. Um, I, I, it gives me a good challenge. Um there's a, you better say Bit Trip, fool. Oh, oh, you can't talk about oh, WeWare without Bit Trip. Oh, oh my God! Oh, you know that I had to have that. So I love Bit Trip. I got that one, and uh, I got the uh, spaceship one, like a like a two D shoot 'em up kind. It was like like R type kind of game, and that one is yeah. that one is great oh, too. No, um, dude, the whole series was so good. There was a there was a, a goo one, uh, World of Goo, excellent yes. title. Oh yes, Just, I'm, and I'm mad that it didn't sell well, um, but they said it did do good on Wii um, and on PC. But excellent title. If you do not, if you own still on the Wii, or if you could get uh, your hands on World you of get Goo, get it on Wii U. You you still do the Wii Shop oh, from your okay. Wii U. Um, I recommend everyone get that game. It's, it's so wonderful. I have so much fun with that game. Um, the next indie game they showed was We Happy Few. Um, that's the actual title. Um, it gives me, me touch myself a little. It, it gives me Bioshock vibes. 
like by that's because it's done by the same folks. Oh, okay. Um, the the guys that were of Irrational Games when uh-huh. that went away um, created this studio, or at least some of them created this studio, and uh, started working on We Happy Few. So yes, you were your thinking is dead on. That was uh, you know that's that's Bioshock folks at work. It's creepy, yet interesting. Like this is the one that's just like. I want to know everything that's going on in this game. Mm-hmm. Emotions are all supplied via drugs. Yes. Um, Gwent, which is from CD Projekt, um, is coming out in September of 20, uh, 2016. Um, I do have The Witcher 3 uh, for Xbox One, and I haven't played their card game. Um but uh, like you said, Larry, this one looks like this is going to be outdo uh, the Elder Scrolls Legend, and it looks kind of fun. Right. It looks very interesting. Oh yeah, they they came up with a very unique spin on the the card game aspect, and so, and I think that's what drew a lot of attention to that game and made it so likable by everyone that was playing The Witcher, you know, where it, it really was its its own reason for buying that game. Not, you know, not to say that The Witcher wasn't a reason enough, because mm-hmm. The Witcher was very good. Yeah. You know, Witcher 3 was great, but Gwent on top of it was like this super fucking awesome icing on the cake. So. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I can't say much because I haven't played uh, that portion yet of I gotta really get into The Witcher Three. It, it's so deep and it's so good. I'm really enjoying that game. Um, Tekken Seven is coming early 2017. Um, in this Woo-hoo! trailer, in this trailer, they show Akuma and Ka, not Ka, uh, Kazumi Hihachi. Hihachi. Um And at first, I thought it was Tekken versus Street Fighter. I'm like, Microsoft. I know. Oh. Trust me, I thought Microsoft snagged the exclusive from that because of how messed up Street Fighter Five was from for Sony. I thought Microsoft snagged it, and then it was just like, "No, it's Tekken Seven. I'm like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. That that's would have been a big slap to Sony if that happened. Yeah, that's nah, it's probably not gonna happen. But no, Tekken Seven looks good. I like Tekken. Tekken's a fun one for me. I know, Tekken's one of Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I prefer Soul Calibur and Soul Edge. Mm. The first, the the first Soul Edge slash Soul Calibur, um, and Soul Calibur two on GameCube. Everything else could just fall to the wayside. Um, uh, I'm a- with you. I I stopped with Soul Calibur after two because I figured at this point, especially once uh, after three, mm. uh, so four was the first one on 360 and PS3. You know, I thought, okay. We're advanced enough now. This is a fighting game with sharp, pointy fucking weapons. If I can't get a Soul Calibur game where dismemberment is a functional gameplay <laughs> mechanic, I'm done until they fix that. But Tekken, I'll go back to because Tekken's fun. Yeah, I Tekken like Tekken. Good. And, you know, one of the things that got me even deeper into Tekken was uh, one of my old bosses. Uh, I, I learned from him turn the music off. Tekken is very much a rhythm game, every character has their own rhythm. Yes. And being able to hear that beat when you're connecting helps, you know. So it's like he would always turn the music off, and he finally told me why. I'm like, I hear it now, and it makes a lot of fucking sense, and it really does help. But it's it's fun for that. I, I like that fact. So, 
Yeah, so Dead Rising 4 is coming holiday 2016. Frank West is back in the game, and it feels like it's supposed to be Die Hard meet Zombies because they're playing Christmas music, and he's on the motorcycle. Yeah. And he has other things, and that's about all I can say. Um, I I have Dead Rising 3. Um, I got Dead Rising 2 for PS3. And I've never played the first Dead Rising. So, oh, oh no, I have Dead Rising, the, the first one on Wii. Uh, I, you know, I, I like the series. It's not flawless by any stretch of the imagination. They, right. They've got some problems here and there. And it's, it's not the end-all, be-all of zombie games. But it is a lot of fucking fun just for the pure ridiculousness of it. Yes. I can appreciate that, and I almost, I'm almost fucking certain in that preview. I swear I saw the the suit from Shadow Complex in there. I could be wrong, but that's what it looked like. I, I, I have to watch it. I'm gonna have to look at look at, look at it again because I, mm, yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Um, moving on from that, uh, Scalebound uh, from Platinum Games uh, is coming. Early Looks cool as shit. Um, yeah, he looks like Dante almost from Devil May Cry for some unknown reason. But um, it's not combo-heavy fast like I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's a definite... What it is heavy on is his mouth, and that was annoying. Oh, yeah. I did not like hearing him talk. I'm like, dude, you talk too damn much. I'm trying to be all bro broish and stuff, whatever. Um, but I, I the know. Dragon. The dragon was nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah, the gameplay looks great. The game itself looks fantastic. It's just his constant little quips in there were driving me nuts. Um, after that, Sea of Thieves came out uh, by Rare. It, it doesn't look bad. I just don't know that I'm interested. Same. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I guess I don't got nothing else to say about that. Um, State of Decay 2, they did a trailer. Um That'll be out 2017. I didn't play the first one, so it's a zombie I did. Game. I'm kind of excited about this. I liked the first one. First one had some problems, but I enjoyed it, and I got my money's worth out of it. I'm kind of totally jazzed for State of Decay 2. Um, the last game they showed before they got into kind of their last announcement um, was Halo Wars 2. Um, it's a week-long beta. Um, I haven't played the first Halo War, so uh, I'll probably try the beta to see it, you know, give more insight about it. But other than that, thoughts? Um, first of all, credit to 343 for picking yes. it up and doing another Halo Wars. Uh, I, I will say I was not expecting it. It was a neat surprise. Um, you know, I've got some friends that were really big into it. You know, they Halo Wars was one of the few RTSs that really did a great job of figuring out how to make that genre work on a console. And, you know, I, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it from here. Um, you know, I'm glad that they didn't let it just die after the first one. Uh, it's nice to hear there was enough interest that they'll do a second one. So, you know, more power to them. Like, cool beans. So... And their last that and I, I, I feel like they're probably trying to wash the taste of Halo 5 out of everyone's mouth just a little bit. Because frankly, I just don't feel like Halo 5 delivered comparatively versus the, the other four games in the series. Especially coming off of Halo 4. 
four I loved and adored. I was like, oh, this was great. That four was my favorite, hands down. And, you know, I didn't even bother with five because from everything I saw in it, it just gave me nothing of what I actually wanted out of the game. So I skipped it entirely. But I, I can't possibly be the only one who that happened for at this point. So my guess is they're trying to quietly, you know, wash the taste of Halo 5 out of people's mouths because I don't think it did as well for them as they had hoped it was going to. I need to buy both of them, the Halo Master Chief Collection and Halo 5, just to, you know, get a better feel of it. Right. Um, and the last thing they announced was Project Scorpio. Uh, was not the last thing, but I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, I... It, it's got six teraflops, whatever that is. Uh, I don't know if it's a new console or, or what it is, but they didn't show no picture. They just had people come on to talk about it. And uh, I know it got 4K display, and it's a system strong enough to do for VR, so maybe Oculus Rift and Halo Lens. I mean, Hollow Lens. Um, that's. That's all I could say. I don't know pretty much anything else. And that um play that Xbox One, Xbox S, um, and Project Scorpio, all of them will be interchangeable, and all of them will work together. I I've got kind of a feeling of what I think Microsoft is trying to do with this, and it's it's just a hunch. But I think that they've realized that we've hit the point of you know, such minimal incremental improvements, uh, you know, console and graphics wise Mm -hmm. that I think what they're doing is they're trying to steer away from the, the console generational thing that we're so very used to, you know, where you get a console and it runs for uh, a number of years and then they announce their new console. I think what they're doing is they're, they're creating a, a generational platform instead where, you know, as new technology happens to come out, they go, okay, instead of alienating everyone that, you know, just bought our, you know, our latest system, what we'll do is we'll put out a new unit with more horsepower, you know, that's, that's more up to date for mm-hmm. those that really want to want the bleeding edge. You know, and here's here's I think uh, a big important distinction to make between the Xbox One S and this Project Scorpio is that Xbox One S will be able to display in 4K. Uh, Scorpio is something that's going to be able to render in 4K. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So instead of upscaling, it's actually native. Um, so. And it's it's not a bad idea, honestly. You know, it's it's kind of like saying if if you've got the the hardware setup or the the home entertainment setup at home that's absolutely bleeding edge, and you want something that's gonna you know show your stuff bleeding edge that way too, then we will you know provide this incremental update that you can have, but we're not going to stop supporting the other things that we've already got out. You know, it's one big universal thing, but it's a way to kind of be able to incrementally keep up with changes in uh, TV and high def tech and all that. It's it's not a terrible. It's not the worst idea I've heard. I think it will have some problems, but it's not the worst idea I've heard. Now, what was the one thing that I forgot? Can you tell us? 
Well, I, I won't say you forgot it. it it's very, it kind of slipped in under the radar because they didn't have it at their show. But Microsoft did announce, uh, well, announce is maybe the wrong word, but um, they did talk about uh, Phantom Dust, which made me very, very yes, happy. I just read that, that um, it's going to Phantom be Phantom re- Dust is not dead. It's going to be a remaster, but not a reboot. Frankly, I'm okay with that. Phantom Dust remaster, it's been, you know, since the original Xbox, it's mm-hmm. over a console generation old at this point. Um, and on top of that, Phantom Dust on the Xbox was fucking awesome. Don't mess with greatness. It's already great. Just pretty it up, put it on a live server again where I can play with other people and let me have at it because that's one of the biggest things I miss about that game. I loved playing that game online. I played that online with other people, you know, and the fact that I, I still love playing that game, but that server is dead and gone and it makes me sad. Because that was the only way you could get certain cards and achievements was by playing, well, not achievements, but there were certain cards that you couldn't get unless you were playing online. And so, you know, those those are kind of locked forever now, which is tragic. And I know I didn't mention the division for the Xbox One, even though they did was in the conference. I, I decided to say it that for stupid. I decided to save it for uh, Ubisoft's conference, which we're going to talk now. Um, they started it off. They, it's, they're celebrating 30 years in the gaming business. Um, they started off with a Just Dance 2017 number. Um, they didn't show yeah. any kind of gameplay graphics, um, and but they had people come out and dance. Um, and when Aisha, Aisha Tyler came out, she did announce that it's coming up to all the platforms, and um, it was the only third-party game that we know of now that's coming to the index next year. And nothing else that was mentioned throughout all, all conferences talked about index. Yeah, I talk about a series I so don't care about. Yeah. So, I mean, that was expected because it's just dance. Um they showed off Ghost Recon Wildlands, which is coming March March seventh, two thousand seventeen. Um, it's the summer version of the division. What else do you want? <laughs> that's that's all I can say. Um, after that, uh, or do you guys have anything to say, or just move on? No, I'm I'm gonna freely admit that I only caught bits and pieces of the Ubisoft conference, so. My my input is uh, not as consistent here. So, okay. well, uh, Saw Park: The Fracture Butthole uh, is coming out December sixth. They brought out uh, the creators. They talked about the game. They got cussing in it, and it's the Saw Park game. So, moving on from that, I know uh, particular MVC. No, no, no. I'm gonna talk about that for a second because okay. I. I I'm very excited for this game. Oh, this be, was be, a... You know, uh, before you go, um, fellow MVC guy Anthony go. Cantu was very happy about this uh, announcement and seeing gameplay. So just want to give him a shout out because he was very happy. That's all he really wanted from the uh, Ubisoft conference. Okay, go ahead. And he fucking should be because South Park Stick of Truth was awesome. And that that was an RPG that, you know... It wasn't strictly turn-based, per se, but it it had enough of that reminiscent feel to it. But, man, 
did that game ever capture the essence of that show perfectly? And it was stupid, and it was funny, and it was offensive, and it played really well. There, it, it was a, it was South Park obnoxiousness skinned on top of a really good role playing game, and uh, I'm extremely excited for the sequel. I'm so glad that that game did well enough that they're making another one because man, that game had a bitch of a time making it out, getting through development because it, it changed hands a few times, if I recall, and it, it had some troubled development. Yeah. So I'm so glad to see that that finally did, that did well enough that it merits a sequel. And I, I do remember the, the unveil for the sequel last year, and I almost fell out of my chair laughing when I heard the title. I was like, oh, it's so good. The Fractured Butthole. <laughs> so... Yes. But yeah, I'm excited for that shit. That stuff makes me happy. Yep. Moving on from that, um, they brought out the division. Um, they talked about the expansion. Ooh. Um, Underground is going to be on Xbox One and PC on June 28th, and then PlayStation 4 on the spaghetti on August 2nd. Um, because of their 30th uh, anniversary. Um, you get the three exclusive outfits: uh, Rainbow Six, Wild, uh, Ghost Become Wildlands, and Splinter Cell. And they're also introducing survival to it. Um, so that's the update that they have for the division. Uh, so I don't care about the division. It just—it looks like a great idea at the outset. That just didn't know how to deliver and so anything pertaining to the division at this point I've kind of already mentally written off and well moving on uh, Eagle Flight VR is coming out this fall for supporting VR systems or platforms I should say and it's more of a capture the flag kind of uh, game Um, they did have like around 6 or 8 people out no 6 people out playing the game because it's a 303 Um, and it that's all it is. It's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from that, uh, LeVar Burden and people from different versions of Star Trek TV series, um, they introduced Star Trek Bridge Crew, which is coming out this fall. And then at the... They should have uh, introduced Reading Rainbow, the game. Yeah, that's what I thought. That should have been the <laughs> VR game. You know, you just read my mind because I put like, they should have made Reading Rainbow VR. I would I like that would have been cool. Um, and then Levar Burton came out, and him and Aisha Tyler talked and laughed. Um, and it it was odd because they acted like you know, wow, I can't believe these are video games. And, and I'm just like, where the heck have you been at for the past uh, years? <laughs> so, right. Um, you play as the crew on the ship, and it, it looks. It looks basic as ever, but I guess if people are into it, that's cool. Mm. Moving on for that, they... It still okay. amazes me that Star Trek Online is is going still. I'd, I'd be curious to see what their user base looks like, really. Um, I, I don't know anybody that plays it. I'm like, who's playing it? You know, credit for, you know, getting people to play it. I, I love me some Star Trek, I do, but... I'm like, who who is playing this? Because nobody talks about playing this. Nobody says, yeah, dude, I can't wait to get off of work, go home, play some Star Trek online. 
it's I don't know. It's weird. It's like Jag. You know, Jag for a while there was like the number one rated TV show on television. But you're like, the fuck watches this? Because I don't know anybody that watches Jag. Well, Jag used to be a very old show. So, but anyways, moving on. Yep, moving on from that. Uh, they show For Honor coming out February 14th of 2017. And this is between Vikings, Samurai, and Knights, I believe. I think they're, um, uh, that's, that's the way that they showed it. Um, and they kind of give, uh, give what the story was about the game. And they said it have, you know, takes place over a thousand years of war. Um, and where they get to a point where there should be peace. Um, one character gets shot by arrow and then, you know, it cuts, you know, it continues. Um, and right. it seems that a woman is starting everything. It, so, I mean, it looks like rise, um, uh, with directional pad, uh, at some points. Um, it, it looks okay. Um, I, I will play samurai, but I don't know. This is one that I didn't get to see the preview for, unfortunately, but it sounds interesting, and I, I'm kind of now excited to go check it out. It, it sounds intriguing. Yeah, check it out. Um, the next indie game that they showed was Grow Up, um, the sequel to uh, Grow Home. Grow Home. Yeah, so um, Bud is back. That's all I can say. I didn't play Grow Home, so I don't know. I didn't either. But it, you know, it looked interesting. Like I could probably get into this. Uh, Trials of the Blood Dragon is out now. Um, these two guys who came out look like uh, some wrestlers, and when you when you see them, you would be like, uh, "What the heck?" They, the way that they came out, we didn't know what was going on. We were just like, uh, "What the world is this crazy mess?" Oh, and just to make sure everybody know, Beyond Good and Evil Two did not get announced. They didn't show it or anything. They did say uh, something about it still kind of working in the background, uh, and that it wasn't just Ubisoft holding it up at this point, but that. Uh, Michelle Ansel is uh, working on something else at the same time, uh-huh. and it's kind of put uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two on the back burner for them. So they're they're kind of trying to go. It's not all our fault. Please don't hate us, you know. But they they did say that it's it's not dead and gone. You know, it's just it kind of became a back burner project at the moment. And then they talked about the Assassin's Creed movie that's coming out in December, and they're also doing a Watch Dogs movie. Mm, Why? I don't know. Um, And then they went into Watch Dogs 2, which is coming out November 15th. They showed gameplay for it, and uh, it takes place in San Francisco, and it's a black character. Uh, Well, I guess it's a thing. It's, It's more of, you know... And, More of that. And the last game they showed was Steep, which is like a, a snowboarding game, which comes out in December of this year. I did not get to see the trailer for this, and I, I do dearly love some SSX, mm-hmm. and I feel like I need to check out this trailer because it, it might help scratch that itch a little bit for me, too. So uh, I'm going to need to peek at that uh, yeah. in the next day or two. Yeah, check it out. Um, 
uh, my overall for this, I gave it a C minus. It's it's Ubisoft. Nothing wowed me. Uh, I can't really judge. I didn't see enough of it, and I'll probably go back and rewatch the whole thing in its entirety at some point this week. But um, you know, I, I, there's a couple things that I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's some other things that I'm just like, eh, don't care. And you know, a handful of things I haven't actually gotten to see yet, so I'm reserving judgment. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about the last conference, which was Sony. Um, they started out with uh, the director who does the music of God of War, and then um, they went to their conference. Uh, the first game that they showed was God of War, with Kratos being a little bit older. Um, he has the beard, and his red tattoos that's on his body kind of faded out. It looks like he has a son in this game. He does. He does. You know, and I, not only does he look older and bearded, but you can tell, like, he's not quite as ripped either, you know. He's, right. he's kind of got, like, that old man ripped thing going on. And, it, it you know, it, it looks good. It does. It looks really good. Um, you know, they, they give you enough in the exposition to, to see that, you know, he uh, appeared to possibly have even married again uh, post-events of God of War 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was with someone long enough that... Uh, had a had a son and raised him to it looks like you know maybe early maybe like ten or twelve maybe even you know thirteen fourteen years old at that point but the the demo looked really cool taking him out to you know say you you're going to become a man now you are going to hunt and provide for this family right. which appears to be just him and his son at this point it, it looks like you know mom is gone and out of the picture for whatever reason. Um, you know, and I kind of like the fact that they didn't really dwell on it because it, it implies to me that, you know, maybe he got to have that little slice of happiness and that, you know, she wasn't taken away from him by some asshole deity, right. you know, for double crossing. He, he actually got to, you know, kind of live the, the life again, you know, of a family man. So... Yeah, um, the gameplay style is kind of like Resident Evil and uh, like the Order eighteen eighty six. So um, it doesn't have that action pack kind of uh, style to it. Um, they don't. He don't even has his chains. Um, he uh, in this demo he starts. He just pretty pretty much just uses an axe um, and his uh, hands. Um, next thing that they showed after that was uh, Days Gone, which. Um, they also ended the show with the same game. Uh, they showed the gameplay at the end, but they like announced did an announced trailer for it. Yeah, um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I've not gotten to watch much of any of the Sony conference beyond the the God of War preview, um, just due to work, kid, and uh, hospital things going on. So, which I was telling Ed at the be- you know before we started, I said. Uh, you know what? What have I been playing? I've been playing the uh, the Wilford Brimley at home game. Um, <laughs> so I, I found out yesterday that I, I got to beat us. But uh, so yeah, that that kind of took up a whole lot of my time in the last day or so. So um, following that, uh, my game, uh, my top rated game for Sony. 
uh, on my must-have list of 2016. The Last Guardian is coming out October 25th. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm so happy. All Finally I, took long enough. Oh, yes. my God. All I wanted was a release date, and they looked like they had two bird dogs in it, uh, or two dogs in it. And I, I, this is all. This is the game that I want from the whole conference um, from Sony. <laughs> um, moving on from that, uh, Horizon Red Dawn got a new uh, gameplay trailer, which looks really good. Um, that's coming out February twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Oh, um, you mean Horizon Zero Dawn? Zero Dawn. I'm sorry, I keep saying Red Dawn, and I got it down as Red Dawn on my notes. Oops. <laughs> that game looks cool as shit. I want to play the fuck out of that game. I'm I'm so iffy about the story. I that yeah. I, I don't I'm know not, about the story. I'm interested as shit. So, um, another game that Kate became interested. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm buying Horizon Zero Dawn. That that's another game that I'm getting. Uh, like that and Persona Five. I'm getting in February. Uh, yeah, you're on your own on the Persona thing. Yeah, well, I have to have both games done before March because that's when Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild comes out, and we'll talk a little about that later. Um, Detroit be, um, Become Human is the next game by Quantum Dreams, and this game looks very interesting. It it when I seen it for PlayStation Experience last year, I was already hooked um by the trailer but this game looked like it's a mish like kind of a murder mystery kind of game um it reminds me a little bit of snatcher for some unknown reason and i cannot wait to get this game hmm. i'll to take a look at that when i get an opportunity here this week um resident evil 7 biohazard a demo is available um and it will have psvr experience or uh, that you could do um, which they talked about October 13th for $399 for the PSVR. Um, yeah, the rest of it was... I was kind of wondering when they were going to get around to putting out a new mainline Resident Evil title. Well, it doesn't that's, look like it's been a while. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's dealing with zombies. It looks really looks like a Silent Hill kind of game. It's very that's interesting. It's so weird. Um, the next thing they introduced kind of like for uh, PSVR was Farpoint, which is like a, a, a space game. Um, after that, they also talked about Batman Arkham VR in this year for October 2016. Um, Final Fantasy XV have, will have a VR experience attached to it. Uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is November 14th. Um, they're remastering Crash Bandicoot. Uh, the uh, first and thir- first of the three, and Skylanders Crash Bandicoot is going to be in that one for Skylanders Imaginators, and he'll also be on the Wii U version. So, uh, I will say I'm excited for the news that snuck out that not only is you know Crash showing up in Skylanders, but they are doing a remaster of the first three Crash Bandicoot games from the original PlayStation mm-hmm. because those were fucking great. I want those again. I 100%ed 1 and 2 and 3. I did each game for 3 days and got everything for them, so I don't need it. It'd be nice to revisit again. Um, I know Batman Arkham VR, they had uh, the Joker speak doing the voiceover for it. It's really creepy, but it's really good. Um, hmm. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, they should show like them actual space shooting, and you're the captain, and yeah. Oh, 
God. So, uh, after we just the- go with Call of Duty infinitely uninterested. <laughs> um, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens was shown. Uh, they got their own trailer. Um, uh, uh, EA and uh, Dyson and Creton or there's a uh, they were talking about the new Star Wars game for PlayStation 4. Um, Hideo Kojima comes out. He presents Death Stranding with Norman Reedus, uh, who also printed out uh, on his Instagram a picture of uh, Kojima drinking a cup that says Konami's Tears. Um, that was like a really shady picture, but it's so funny. Um, they just did, did a, uh, they showed him naked and some music and he talked and it seemed like it's going to be a psychological kind of thriller horror game. Who knows? Um, and Insomniac is doing Spider-Man uh, for PS4. Um, and they, like I said, they ended with Days Gone gameplay, which is pretty much a zombie game. Mm-hmm. What else did Sony have? Or was that the tail end of their show? That was it. That was it. All right, so we're we're into the uh, the the elephant in the room here. Well, uh, so the 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 one the one Nintendo game. Before we get into that, uh, um, I have to give uh, actually Microsoft and Sony got an A minus, and Ubisoft got a C minus. Um, but that's my ratings for it. Like I said, Microsoft, I think, had a, a fairly solid, well-together show. Um, I don't know if I would give it an A rating, but not bad. Maybe in the B range. Somewhere in the B range. I'll, I'll throw that down for Microsoft. I enjoyed their show. I just wasn't blown away by anything. Well, compared to other years, they did a good job. And Sony, this know, is true. Yeah, and Sony kept it under an hour. Didn't really have that many presenters. Played some great music, and they just uh, connected all the trailers. So um, that's why I gave them an A minus. Like both companies, I I got games on my list that I I want to have. So that's why. That's always, that's always a good place to start. So. So, um, before we get to the big elephant in the room, Pokemon Sun and Moon, they started off, they did 45 minutes of that presentation. Um, I'm already sold on Pokemon. Uh, I can't wait for that game to come out. Um, they talked to the developers and the, uh, one of the developers and director who's now doing the, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, he was on the live stream and he talked about the game. Uh, but... The latest, the Legend of Zelda uh, trailer was shown first, and then they live-streamed all gameplay throughout the week. But the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, they call it an open-air adventure. That's what Numa calls it. I call it Zelda the Camping Simulator. (laughs) Um, The game is gorgeous. It's, It's my game of E3. Um... Be beautiful from start to end. Like they that delay that they that Anuma announced was really put to use, and I, I can't wait to play this game. I kind of made a uh, comment that I will rock uh, Link's uh, underwear 
like his uh, boxer briefs. Um, he's going to be able to have armor, um, use different weapons, uh, meet characters. They did say you will be there will be towns that you can go out, go into, um, but for the E3 purpose, there was just things that section off that you that you just couldn't go to just yet. And they was only showcasing like one area of the game, and the map looks huge. They said it's twelve times bigger than Twilight Princess, so you have to go watch the live streams and you have to go watch the trailer to really understand but thoughts because I can't really speak nothing else about this game it's, it was just yeah like I said my game of E3 I watched about the first half hour of the live stream is all I've gotten to see so far I'm looking forward to going back and checking out more and seeing what else they showed um, it looks pretty as all get out I enjoy the fact they're they're going back to kind of that uh, Skyward Sword art style. I liked it. I'm happy to see more of it. Um, I'm, I think part of my problem is I just don't know what it's about yet. You know? At this point, you know, we are less than a year away from it coming out. It, you know, we've known about it for almost a year and a half, if I remember right. Maybe two. And, you know, it's, I don't know anything about what it's about. Um, I, I will say I was very, not necessarily surprised, but curious to uh, hear that, that female voice in the game. Um, I'm, you know, it, it, from what I've seen so far, that might be the only voice acting in there, but I was kind of surprised to see it at all. Um, you know, it, it looks well put together. Uh, it has a certain Shadow of the Colossus feel almost yeah. in this, this big world and, you know, the climbing and the stamina and all that, which, you know, they touched on some of the stamina stuff with uh, Skyward Sword as well. But I, I think I just, I need to know more of what it's about. You know, I'm, I'm all excited for the new things that they're doing and they're trying, but I want to know if the story is really going to hook me, though. I think it that's will. my big concern, yeah, truthfully. I, I think it will. I know they focus more about the adventuring, and I kind of like how Numa he said because uh, he's from the country and he was always around rocks and stuff. And he said if he had mm-hmm. uh, Link's ability to climb, uh, he would probably enjoy it better. <laughs> he's just like he loves city life better than. The country life, uh, it, and Anuma yeah. was completely funny. He was really cool. Um, Bill Trinan did some cool stuff. Um, it, it's a huge, huge game. Um, it, it, you you wake up and you can start exploring the world. Um, I'm not really worried about story. I think story will be there. Um, you know, of course, High Rulers in trouble, and uh, Ganon is in the game. Uh, they did show that part, um, but we, I don't know how Ganon looks. Um, so it's it's very open, and I I cannot wait for this game. It, it's Persona Five and uh, Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild are my top games for 2017. But Breath Breath of the Wild is just like my most anticipated game, probably for not all time, but for the next couple of years. Well, not a couple of years. Until next year, I should say. 
here's what I want to know. Have, having seen what you've seen of Breath of the Wild, do you think there's maybe any clues in what we've seen as to uh, you know what NX might be all about, knowing that this game is going to be on NX? Um, they say it's going to be the same thing, uh, but I don't know anything. I I there I don't know graphical details or anything. Um, at at this point in time, I'm lost like everybody else about NX because they didn't mis- really mention it. So, well, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um. Like I said, we didn't do the PC game. Um, the Pokemon Sun and Moon and uh, Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild were the two Nintendo games that they showed. They did announce some Amiibos, which looks amazing. Uh, and also they're bringing out. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, they're bringing out uh, Waluigi um, and some other characters like a new Rosalina is coming out. Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong new versions of them because uh, they announced yep. uh, Mario Party. Uh, smash, smash something, smash course or something, or star course for uh, stars. Yeah, for 3ds that came out of nowhere. Um, but they did announce that uh, new game. So. Um, and there's still more to come out of. There, there were other games that were weren't in the conference that they did announce. Um, and but I didn't get a chance to see them or write them down. But overall, that was E3. Uh. Larry, you already know my game to take away. Uh, anything that was your game to take away? Um, actually, I'm glad you asked that. And uh, we had somebody on Facebook ask, you know, what is the one game that we're really looking forward to, you know, out of E3? And uh, aside from Zelda Breath of the North Face jacket, you know, sporting <laughs> gear, um, you know, I, I'm really jazzed for ReCore. I'm fucking excited for ReCore. Fee looks interesting, but man, after last year, I just, I want more ReCore. I want to get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there were tons of it for me, but my most anticipated is Zelda. I I, I just gotta have it. it. It just won me over from the trailer alone. Um, and then seeing it in motion, I... I, I literally just gotta have this game because it's, it's somehow I feel uh, somehow I feel like I know more about what's happening in Recore than I do Zelda at this point, despite mm-hmm. having seen more of Zelda, and it just you know and I, can, I, I, I I will get there hype wise with Zelda I will but I, I can answer your question about Zelda of. Uh, of learning about the story, Anuma did say that he didn't want to put no story details, and uh, because he felt like that might take away, and he wants to keep everybody, um, he wants to keep everybody, you know, focused more on what you, what the gameplay uh, and the execution and the work that they put in, um, and besides getting the story, he just he's like the stories parts is really cool and it's coming but he he just really wanted to show off what they actually been working on to bring so a story for the game that he doesn't want to talk about just right now um in due time he said he will talk about the story but for right now he's more focused on showing everybody what they've been working on uh giving them updates and um stuff that you could do in the game 
and how open it is. Right, right. So, so. but yeah, I, I think that kind of wraps everything up. Yes, and everybody, our uh, Caramel Kinesican Adrian Nieto couldn't make it. Um, but hopefully we hear from him soon. Homeboy was at the movies instead of rather being here with us. But he had plans. He's the he's living the life of a developer, and sometimes things happen. Um, <laughs> I do want to say our Smash episode will be happening soon. Uh, I'm actually going to push it back to next month because we have an awesome feature episode coming in. Uh, and two, and actually, yeah, in about two weeks. Um, Larry, would you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, uh, again, looking to do a, where we're doing a theme episode, kind of, um, going over a, a genre that has not been seeing a whole lot of love over the last few years. Uh, we're going to be talking it up, uh, all the way front to back, left to right on, uh, futuristic racers. Um, so just to kind of, you know, give you the, the basics, the big ones to put you in the right mindset, you know, F-Zero and Wipeout. There's some others in there, too. Um, that'll be coming up. Um, did we say next week? Um, in, in a couple of weeks, in about two more weeks. Uh, it's whatever Eddie says it is. <laughs> <laughs> only, re- um, only reason is because um, Father's Day is this uh, Sunday, and... Uh, we won't have a show because our very own uh, Larry Giver, yeah, our very own Larry Giver will be ce- uh, celebrating his first Father's Day. Yay! Yes, I will. So, so, um, but yeah, have- so uh, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, so we will see everybody um, on the actually on the twenty sixth. We are doing a normal show, but July second, uh, I think that's the next Sunday. Um, in two weeks, um, we will be doing the futuristic. Um, so hopefully you guys will email the show, uh, which you could do that at uh, world one one podcast at gmail.com. That's W O R L D one one at gmail.com. Oh, W O R L D one one podcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can friend us and follow us on Facebook, World One One Podcast. We would like to speak to you guys about gays. Like, we want to geek out and nerd about you guys. So look us up on Facebook um, and join us and have some Absolutely. good discussions with us. Uh, well, and, yeah, and maybe we can hear your pitch. So, um, with that, Larry, anything mm-hmm. that you have to add? Uh, no. It's late and I'm tired. (laughs) And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatRetroCode, T-H-A-T-R-E-T-R-O-C-O-D-E. World 1-1 Podcast is on uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Just look look up Optional Opinion, which is my other podcast, which you can also check out for E3 uh, Opinions. for, from this week uh, and you guys subscribe and you'll get optional opinion and you'll get world one one podcast and with that everybody we are out see ya good night <laughs>